Hello, I'm Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey, Alan. Hey, Mark. How's it been going? It is. Uh, it's going. Uh, it's busy. Things have been kind of a little different. Um, but uh, colder weather, you know, and... I, I, I don't want to talk about colder weather. I, I, <laughs> uh, I really don't. But... But but then again, when you say colder weather, you're talking sixty Fahrenheit, fifty Fahrenheit. It's been a little chilly this week. We've had lows in the low thirties in Arizona. I know that is chilly for you. It is. It has been a little chilly <laughs> and a little bit windy today. I was just kind of like, wow. I is... I noticed though you are still wearing short sleeves. <laughs> Yes, I, I'm inside. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about different chatbot technologies. And yeah. one, of, one of the things that we uh, kind of put off from last time when we talked about Google's chat API was talking about Dialogflow. And I'm wondering if uh, we want to kind of pick that up and chat about it a little bit this week. What do you think? I think we should have a dialogue, see how it flows. See, oh, boy. I promise the rest of the conversation won't be this punny. All right, we got it out of our system. Shake it off. I don't know, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> as, as we kind of started talking about last week, Dialogflow's an interesting, uh, interesting product. Google originally bought it kind of intentionally to bundle it with, with the Google Assistant, mm -hmm. but it was already a product that was out there. You know, and it had customers, so they needed to find a home for it, and they put it in Google Cloud uh, when they renamed it Dialogflow. So uh, there were a bunch of customers that were using it for natural language processing, uh, and that's really what its kind of its its purpose was at the time. Right. Um, and since then, in typical Google fashion, there have been. There are now two versions of it, which are completely incompatible from each other, yet have the same name. Google Assistant kind of jettisoned it, but didn't jettison it, and created something called Action Builder, which yep. bears a striking similarity to Dialogflow, but is completely incompatible with it. Um, and Action Builder is getting thrown out when uh, Google Assistant is going away. But Dialogflow is living on in Google Cloud. Wow. So uh, Dialogflow pre preceded and will um, survive outlast yeah. Yeah, um, custom actions on, on Assistant. Okay. Yes. Um, and hopefully that was at least relatively clear or at least as clear as anything gets when you're talking about Google. <laughs> That's true. You know, so I guess how how much have you worked with Dialogflow? I mean, I'm, you worked with it a little bit, but it ties into Jovo when when you were doing some of the stuff for when you were building stuff yeah. for actions on Google. Yeah, and and that's really the the context that I've used it in. I, it's you know, it's Jovo version two and three. That was that at that point that was Dialogflow was the only way to create uh, you know custom actions. Um, and you know, I was really trying to figure out ways that I could do the same skill or action and deploy it on multiple platforms. 
And so I, I did like that approach. And then, you know, as, as action builder came out, Jobo migrated to using action builder and, oh. and kind of dropped support for uh, dialogue flow. So not a lot of experience actually. So it'd be kind of interesting to see what it, what it can do outside of the context of, of, you know, how I used it. One of the really neat things about dialogue flow as, um, an NL, an NLP, natural language processing system. And I think most of our conversation, we're going to be focusing on, you know, what does this mean for developers? Yeah. Um, this tool is, is in a lot of ways, these tools are design tools, but there are important developer elements to them, which I think we'll be hitting on. Uh, one of the really interesting things about the original dialogue flow, and this is the version of dialogue flow that's now called dialogue flow essentials or dialogue flow es um is that it had kind of a rudimentary concept of a state machine that was part of it mm -hmm. so while it, you know in the same way for uh, alexa you would enter in a bunch of phrases and indicate what intent that would trigger for each of those phrases you could also say things like um, this intent is only triggered in this state. And as part of dialogue flow, you can say, you know, when this intent is triggered, when you leave it, set this state and set this state for this many turns. So, you know, it was kind of useful to, to have a, a concept of here's what state we're in, but also we've got things that could be triggered outside of the state. And even so, your your internal state would count down. You had a limited number mm -hmm. of of times that that would uh, be in effect. Um, and you could use that for like fallback stuff or what? So what, what this was really useful for or what the notion of state was useful for is twofold. One is this would be where you can store specific state relevant information. So for example, Voodoo Drive, one of the things that I do with it is you can have it prompt you for fields to ask. And when you're doing so, it needs to maintain a little bit of state about which field you're currently in and just the fact that you're in this, this loop uh, to begin with. Because when you are, the inputs that it gets need to be treated slightly differently. You know, it knows that when you just say a number, that number is actually, you know, addressing a particular field rather than something else. Or if you okay. say repeat that, it needs to repeat things a little bit differently so that it knows it's not taking that as a value. It needs to tell you what you just did. So there are, there are certain places when you're in, in different uh, states as a programmer. And here's a case where the, um, the NLU is kind of helping you along with that. Uh, again, another example with Voodoo Drive is, you know, when you open, once you open a spreadsheet, it now needs to know that you can close the spreadsheet. Yeah. You know, closing it there is very different than if you haven't opened one and you ask it to close something. Are you quitting? You know, what, what are you doing? Yeah. It's a different behavior that you may want. Um, and that can be useful to encode directly as part of the natural language processing system. So that's a really, really helpful notion about it. Okay. The things about Dialogflow ES that are kind of the, the crucial pieces, 
are the ones that we're probably familiar with if we've done development on Alexa or, you know, if yeah. we've done other NLU processing, you know, so we have intents, you know, intents are, are pretty common amongst all of these things. Um, intents also have some additional stuff that can go with it. So, you know, while intents do have parameters, which we might call slots sometimes or, or whatever. Yep. Um, and they have training phrases. There's also additional uh, values that can be part of it. So for example, they also have a notion of what they call an action, which is really just a, a field that you can fill in as you're creating the intent to kind of give it a, a bigger picture. So you can have mm -hmm. multiple intents, each with the same action. And you can react based on the action rather than an intent name. Okay. Um, you can set built-in responses. So if you don't need to call a webhook for whatever reason, you've got responses that will go back and it can it will pick one of the responses that makes the most sense. Um, for the slots that are filling in, you can give it prompts to ask for prompts. You can set whether a, a, a parameter is required or not. And it will prompt for it before the intent gets fulfilled. So that's, you know, a pretty common notion of intents. Um, parameters have entity types, just like they do everywhere else. Um, this notion of state that I was talking about is what they refer to as a context. Okay. So you can set what contexts are required to be there in order for the intent to be triggered and what contexts get set when the intent has been triggered. And by default, that context will contain all the parameters that you've set in that intent. And you know, then you can set whether it's going to be fulfilled with a webhook or not. And that webhook fulfillment is again pretty pretty much what we're used to. You know, there's there's no big yeah. surprises there. So I've got a question about the uh, about the webhook. Um so you tied the webhook to is that at an intent? Um how how does how does that um how does that get associated in, in, is it a single um, webhook that, that all the, you know, all the intents hook up to, or can you have multiple different endpoints? Um, that's, a, that's, a, yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, under ES, you can only have one webhook that is set for the entire project. Okay. And what your your webhook then needs to do is when it gets it, it needs to examine either what the intent name was or what the action name is or make some other determination about what it's received to figure out what function to call or how okay. to handle it. That actually changes when we talk about CX, but we'll talk about CX in a second. Um, <laughs> The other big notion about Dialogflow ES, and this also, you know, this is something that we also kind of touched on, is that they have a lot of what they refer to as integrations. So if you think of webhooks as being on one side, you know, that your intent can send stuff to a webhook, the integrations are what will send stuff to Dialogflow and get the responses from Dialogflow. So the Google Assistant was an integration. Okay. Facebook Messenger is an integration. Um, Dialogflow provides its own messenger, which is an integration. And there's an API there. So if you wrote something else, 
you've now written an integration with Dialogflow by just by the nature of using their API. So um, just so you know, so other things like Microsoft would call those uh, channels. Um, you might refer to them as platforms. Um, so they're they're different, but it's the how the kind of the core is the same. The NL the, the kind of the the NLU processing is the same, and then you can host host that with uh, you know inputs from lots of different uh, providers. Right. Exactly. Um, and one of one of the interesting things to note is that on some level you could just use Dialogflow to detect intents, you know, which intent just got fired, and ignore responses completely if your integration handles all of that for you. You know, so if you're writing something with Jovo or with Raza, and it just needs an NLU, it could use Dialogflow as that NLU and do all of the response processing itself. Right. That's certainly a, a totally valid way to use it. Um, so that's kind of the old dialogue flow. The new dialogue flow takes it and revamps it in a lot of ways. It uses many concepts that are that that seem similar on the surface and totally change a bunch of other things. Um, and so this adds is known as, confusion to the mix. Oh yeah, you know because there's why 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 do yeah. things the simple way? Um, so this is known as Dialogflow CX, and in a lot of ways, Dialogflow CX kind of said you know increasingly design of these conversational systems needs a designer. It needs a designer that is going to be using a visual agent. And you need a better way to control flow of the conversation. So if you think about the visual elements that uh, that voice flow gives, for example, and mm -hmm. one of these days we need to get voice. Well, we need to get. Oh, we definitely do. Yeah. Um, they kind of took some of those ideas and brought them into dialogue flow itself. Okay. So rather than having things that are focused on intents and slot filling in those intents, it instead says, we have this notion of a page. And at any given moment, you will be on a particular page. And a page may have a form to fill in. We understand that notion. I mean, that's yeah. that sounds a lot like slots to fill in and that's exactly what it is well and it, it even sounds like uh on html i go to this right. page that has a form to fill out and i submit that form and i get the you know the next step in my order process and i get the <laughs> right and when you submit that form it sends it to a web server somewhere like via a handler which oh. is still in place you know the notion of a handler is similar, but a little bit amped up. So a handler usually is something like a webhook, but doesn't have to be. Okay. Um, the webhooks are a little more advanced. You can now have more than one webhook defined for the project. And your handler needs to specify which one it will use. All right. Um, what's sent to the webhook 
includes things like the name of the handler that you've just been that you've given it, uh, along with parameters and other other bits of state where you're in. Um, but you can also have intents. So if you're on a page, you can say, if this other intent gets triggered, here's what you need to do instead. So it may be that triggering an intent will take you to a different page. It just transitions you to another node. Yeah. Um, it may be that that intent in transitioning to another node carries with it some parameter information, which will start to fill out the form that's on this new page. Um, it may just be that it's now um, going to a help for that specific page. And you can at some point say, okay, I'm done and go back to the page and resume the conversation where you were. Okay. So it, it has, um, it's it, Jovo, if I remember correctly, had a notion of, what was it? It's now totally escaping me what it was called, the, the context frame that they had. And there was a default frame that it might Oh, like a like a global handler or global handler. Global that was component. The word that I was yeah. yeah. So yeah. you have that sort of thing where you define possibly global intents that okay. will work anywhere. Um so these are all kind of interesting notions, but they all kind of rely on this notion of flowing from page to page to page. Okay. And as even as some of these flows, you know, you've got subflows. So it might have a notion of, you know, when you're moving from one segment to another, this might itself have a bunch of subflows in it that can take you to, to different kinds of pages. But when you're, they're all done and they've collected all the information, it goes to yet another node. Um, beyond that, though, concepts are, are pretty much the same. You still have entity types that, that apply to different slots. Um, you still have a webhook, but it's a little bit of an amped up webhook. Um, the intents that are there are still similar to the intents that we're used to on most other systems, just that you're not relying on them as much in most cases. Yeah. Um, but again, you still have a notion that some intents can be triggered on a particular page and you can't trigger them on different, on other pages. So you you it, it can behave different or when it does get triggered it behaves differently in different pages um other than that things are pretty much what we'd be used to in a lot of ways so do they have integrations the same concept of integrations or is there a different purpose what's the why i don't know if you can answer the question of why did they create um cx well, you, um, you have two questions there so the yeah. first is, yes, they also have integrations. Fundamentally, the integrations work the same way. Okay. Um, they've provided fewer default integrations, though. So they had originally, you know, for for C, for ES, there were integrations with, you know, with Facebook. I'm pretty sure Slack was a built-in one. Um, there were integrations with several... Uh, text and messaging systems um for cx 
they've mostly focused on telephony. So while there are some provided integrations for several telephony providers, including an example telephony provider from Google, um, there are fewer other integrations by default. And again, there's an API that's still there. You can still use it. You can still build an integration if one makes sense for you. Um, but it's not, they, they are not providing as many of them by default, which kind of leads into, well, why did they do this? Yeah. Um, I think it's twofold. One is I think they realized that more and more of the conversations that customers were trying to use were very flow-based conversations. And while you can do that with ES, what you tend to get are these contexts that are nested in these other contexts that are nested in these other contexts. So you get kind of this cascading look of intents, which gets really difficult to manage really quickly. Yeah. Whereas something that is more flow-based and certainly more visual in designing it makes it easier to design and build and manage. Right. So I, I think that's why they moved in that direction. Um, and I think also their big focus is, is more towards telephony. You know, a lot of the products that are, are in Google Cloud surrounding Dialogflow are call center based products. Okay. So it's, you know, how does this tie into their call center AI system and how do you build something for cloud for your call center? Um, and to be honest, I think the pricing of CX also reflects that as well. It's priced quite a bit higher than ES is. And I think that reflects the fact that their, their target customers are building call centers. So right. saving money at a call center, even at that price, is a good thing and what their clients are trying to do. Yeah, and it, it could be like one of those ways of them of Google trying to figure out a way to monetize this. How how is this going to be a product as opposed to you know something that's that that's fun? Um, yes, and so um, so I can see where they're focusing. Kind of you know, our target our audience here is the call center as opposed to you know, directly to consumers, whether it be you know. Um, you know, businesses creating a um, a chat bot or you know, Facebook Messenger uh, bot or something like that. Yeah, this is the sort of thing that's clearly aiming for much more complex bots hmm. or much more complex systems. You know, it's not looking to to handle a couple of chat commands. You know, yeah. like like we've talked about last week. Um, it's really aiming for larger, more complex conversations with users, clients, um, and, and making sure that you can address their needs as part of that complicated conversation. And I think that's also reflected in, in some of the other supporting things that go with it. So it's, it's built to work with teams a little bit better than ES was, for example. Okay. It's got better support for um, saving the current state to GitHub, for example, and being able to export and import it from GitHub so you can version it. It's got better support for versioning and those sorts of things. So it's it's more aimed at 
supporting teams that need to support large, complicated conversational systems rather than, you know, a designer developer or a designer and a developer working together to create a, a simple chat system. So uh, we, we kind of got a flavor for for dialogue flow and its its evolution over the last uh, you know, four or five years, and yep. uh, and it's kind of see why why that evolution happened. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, you know, it's the sort of thing where it's it's a really powerful tool, and both flavors of it are are pretty powerful. And I think people who have not been used to that kind of power um, might see a need for it in some cases. Yeah. But it's certainly not, you know, it's it is the right tool at the right time, not the right tool for everything. You right. know, but okay. I, I want to make sure that uh, you know developers are aware that it's out there and that it can be used and it's got some some good power to it. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, always, um, yeah. Uh, if uh, you know, we'd like to know what your experience is uh, using a dialogue flow and, and various uh, flavors of it, or kind of. Uh, what you're using instead. Um, we can, you can contact us lots of different ways. You can contact us on you know, Twitter or LinkedIn or elsewhere and uh, kind of let us know how things are going. And uh, whatever you reply, we'll pick it up another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. Take care, Mark. Have a great week. You too. Thank you.